All right, here we are today live with Dean Clarkson. Thanks for jumping on, mate. How's your day been so far? Oh, it's been good, mate. It's uh, just got the boys down for our afternoon nap. And um, yeah, it's been a bit uh, crazy daylight saving just uh, ended over here. So everyone's supposed to gain an hour sleep. But uh, when you've got kids, that doesn't happen. So I've uh, been up since 5.30, which is a good thing. <laughs> Should be a good thing. But um, yeah. Having yeah, twin yeah. boys is full yeah, on. Yeah, it ended here as well, so we got a uh, got an extra hour. But yeah, the kids the kids don't get the memo on that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So have you uh, have you done any training today? No, we've um, got a workout uh, to do the Savo. Um, so yeah, haven't done any training today. But um, yeah, we've just been doing paperwork this morning, trying to get everything. Uh, Got our accountant meeting this week, so doing all that admin stuff that we all, again, love to do. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so I guess the the aim for the podcast today, and anyone listening in, the goal is to kind of share a little bit of Dean's journey uh, from, you know, where he was a couple of years ago, which, you know, Dean can share what's what's going on there, but he's just uh, getting started with his own you know, personal uh, gym setup, and we want to share a bit of what's going on there. And also, he's had a massive physical transformation journey as well. So the goal is to share some of what's going on here and show that, um, yeah, this is, you know, not just stuff that's for the elite of the elite athletes. You know, Dean is on his, on his journey to becoming elite, you know, and I, I want to see how far he can go with that. Um, but the same principles, the same philosophies, you know, that we talk about for elite athletes, you know, they, they work for wherever you're at in your journey and they can take you as far as you want to go, you know? So that's really what I want to sort of share and get across with today. Um, so Daniel, yeah, you want to talk a little bit about sort of where, where you were maybe a year or two ago and, and like what was sort of the turning point there? Sure, mate. Um, I'll just, uh, um, yeah, just introduce myself. Uh, Kia ora tātou, uh, ko Dean Clarkson tōku ingoa, ko Māngari te maunga, ko, ko Uarangi te awa, ko te Pautama te waka, ko Ihu Mātao tōku Tūranga Waiwai, uh, nō reira tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tātou katoa. Uh, kia ora, um, Keegan, so for me, um, what I just did is just introduce myself. Um, obviously, my name um, is... Uh, is important and not not so much my first name it's my last name um so that's where we connect to um our family um and i mentioned um mangere maunga which is uh, our mountain um Uurangi to to awa is our um our river um and uh ihumatao um is is a place where i feel spiritually connected to um it's out by the airport as you come into uh, New Zealand um, in Māngere. That's uh, where my ancestors' bones lay. That's uh, where my daughter's whenua lay, um, which is the, the placenta and stuff is buried there uh, in the land. Um, so for me, that's a big part of our connecting um, point. But it also adds to my story because... Um, for me, I've been on a bit of a journey discovering who I am as um, uh, someone from New Zealand, um, someone who's deeply connected to Aotearoa, um, to our land. And so for a long time, um, I've, I've had a background of, of working with people. That's what I do. I love what I do. Always have had that um, heartbeat for a long, long time. And I guess for me, that was that moment in uh, my journey where I was in a um, pretty rocky relationship, um, previously married, and it was a, it got pretty dark pretty fast, um, to the point that I was uh, medicating just pretty much through alcohol, um, to a, on, on a daily basis, uh, and eating badly. Um, a lot of that was to numb pain, um, not just socialising. It was actually I physically would take myself off. Uh, to a park or to some spot um, in the in the community somewhere um, by myself and isolate myself and I'd drink until I was I was numb and then I could could function and um, unfortunately that's the ugly part of the journey. Um, what that did was um, 
grow me physically. Um, I got one of those, uh, what we know is a, a beer gut, a hard puku. Um, and yeah, I was, I was, I was still giving out to people cause that's what I love doing. But I knew I was giving out in, in, in a real sense of lack. Um, because there was more of me and I started losing who I was as a person. I started losing, um, my drive and my will to live. Um, I got to a point where that became very dark. Um, and to the point where it was like over. Um, and I was, yeah, partway through, um, that process for me. And just remember hearing this voice saying to, to me, uh, your daughters need their father in their life. Um, and that was the moment that sort of the lights went on and I, I did everything I could to um, get myself out of the situation I was in. And, um, and I start, that started my healing journey, really. It was a big wake-up call. Um, I had to walk out of, of an 18-year marriage um, in order to stay safe, to stay alive. That was really difficult um, to try and explain to um, young children who are wondering why dad's all, all of a sudden left. Um, I was a pastor at the time. I was, I was a, a pastor of a community church, um, which I loved doing that. I, I was uh, not, not again, I, that was a whole nother um, philosophy around um, that for me. Um, the way that we run the church um, was very community focused. Um, wasn't about bums on seats to me. Um, it was about, um, doing life together. And that was what I always was about. Unfortunately, I was doing it from a very fragile place. Um, and so it took me two years to do, to start that healing process. Um, so you, was, you, were you preaching through that, through those yeah, times, through all those every, tough every times? Week, mate. Were, every week I had to try and, um, yeah. to bring hope to people and, and to encourage people and to give them, um, life. And, and at the same time I was, I was losing mine. Did you find that it gave you strength? Like, did you, did you draw strength from the, what you would speak each week and, and sort of seeing that you were having a positive impact on people in front of you? Like, was that, yeah, some, was that the sometimes, week or did it, did you walk away from it and sort of fall back state where you were or like, what, what was well, that? Yeah. Some, there were some weeks like that. It was just tough. And sometimes I'd, I would actually turn up and I had nothing and I would just speak from my heart and, it was funny that, that those were the actual, probably the, the times that were most um, profound uh, in the community um, where I had to rely on something bigger than myself um, and to draw from. And, and um, so that spiritual connection for me was always a big, big part of my journey. Um, but yeah, I spent two years uh, weekly in counseling. Some weeks um, there were, I was going twice a week. Um, just trying to rediscover who I was um, through that process. I was still drinking very hard, um, but I connected with a um, connected with a um, a group um, called Big Boys Big Girls um, Gym out in um, in Monaco. I started going along there, um, and these are these are huge people in our um, in the community that um, are really battling with lots of those sort of issues. And I remember um, Buck um, Stowers, the, the trainer there, he's an ex-bodybuilder over here, um, and he said to, you know, he could see the, the pain that I was in, the darkness that I was in, he said, because he, he had experienced it himself. Um, and so I went along there, and I felt really connected into that community, um, and it was really, I guess that was the other thing that, that really uh, saved me through that process, um, so because I was physically not being active again. Explain a bit more about what that place was. You see, when you say big boys, big girls, it like, you know, it's a gym. Um, it's, it's, it's a gym and, but they have, uh, almost like they have boot camps as well for obese, um, yeah. People in the community. Um, and I, to be honest, I was, I was the, the, probably one of the smallest members, um, there. Um, and so, yeah, it was just different, and I, for me, it was it was um, just about being connected again because uh, I'd lost that connection through the the church community, but I had nothing to to reconnect to. So that for me was a, um, was life giving as well. Yeah, um, 
and you know early sessions, training, boxing, and all of that. Um, but for me, that was what I realised um, through that process. Yeah, I, lo- I lost a lot of weight, um, and I was doing a whole lot of stuff, but I felt like I was going through um, the motions, and nothing really. I wasn't really making the the actual changes that I needed to make. Um, and and in terms of what I mean by that was that I knew that there was. Um, well, at the at the time I didn't know, but but I've I've realised recently that something needed to click for me, um, you know. And I've had a lot of people along the years trying to help me, um, like I help, and I and I know that frustration when you're trying to help people, and they don't they go, oh yep yep cool yeah I'll do that, and then they don't listen, and you you'll know that firsthand, um, you know, when you're wanting to hear every, from everyone weekly and how they're going, and no one gets back to you. Um, and it's like, and I remember that frustration for myself. And so, um, it wasn't until we went through, I, I, I remarried, I met, um, beautiful wife, um, that I have now. We've got two twin boys together. Um, that was just an amazing story of how we met and, and, uh, connection. Um, how did you meet? In a bar. <laughs> so I was I was just finishing working with a, a youth provider and I went along to this place because they had darts and it was a bar in, in town and I just wanted to go along because I love playing darts. And, Are you good and, at darts? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I got good. Um, yeah, I, I haven't played a, as much. Here. Yeah, yeah I got, we've got about three here. Um, oh, yeah. dad, dad and I, um, that was one of the things that I took up when I, yeah. when I was on my own. We set up a dartboard at... Um, at dad's because I had to move back in with my parents and, and, um, and started playing darts. So I wanted to go along to this bar cause they had darts and I'd heard about it on the radio. And so we went in me and my mate and, um, Did you already get pretty good at darts just cause I'm sorry to interrupt, but like right. obviously that skill stuff that sometimes people view as being really superficial, you know, like we have juggling, we have hacky sack, we have, you know, handstands. Were you getting good at darts at, at that point? And, and that was sort of part of, what was drawing you into that social environment where you could you know, be with other people that play darts as well? Yeah, it got, I got, I grew in confidence. Um, mm. When I got my first um, uh, 180, that was just like, you know, I nearly went through the flipping, uh, through the was roof. Was that at home on your uh, own or were you playing against that, someone? First, one, first yeah. one was at home on my own. Yeah, yeah. And I took a photo and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> sure, sure. And I'm like, no, honest, honest. They're like, yeah, no, no, we know you, Clarks. And I'm like, no, it's true. <laughs> and um, anyway, then then we were playing, and and um, my the neighbours and uh, my, my parents' street, um, we got all, I got all them into it, and um, it was on every Friday night. We you know we were, we had a little couple of trophies and stuff, and away we went. And I got a um, got a couple of one eighties in there um, in front of all of them, and I was you know that was my time to give them the fingers and say, see, uh, what. <laughs> I've done that before, so um, yeah. No, I'm I'm pretty proud of that. I've, I've hit, I think I've hit four, um, you know. That, that, so that was for me. That was massive. But that became through lots 100%. of you know, practice and um, when I'm knowing the first, you know, throwing that first one, um, those first three darts, just like what the heck. It was funny because there's this lady actually, and she she's a um, pretty good dart player in New Zealand. I think she became second in in the world in her in her age group um and she runs a shop in monaco and real cool person and um so i went and bought some actual darts not some from rebel sport or something like that weighted darts and all the rest of it and we got all serious and we took all the guys in too all the dad's mates and our neighbors and that and there's one guy he just come along for the social side and honestly mate you'd have to duck when he threw the darts that day yeah and they, honestly, they'd hit bloody, oh, you'd go, how the hell did it go there? Uh, anyway, so she just watched him one day. She said, come and bring them into the shop and let them throw out the board. So she watched him, made two changes to his stance, and he never missed the board again. And he got the he got the trophy for the most bullseyes in the night. Like he just, like, <laughs> but he never was aiming for the bullseye, but he got the bullseye. So but you just saw just from, from those little adjustments, um, how people's brains, how the skill sets can can shift as the more we practice it. So I think, yeah, I think there's a massive lesson there. Like uh, I don't want to, I don't want to skim through the darts because uh, I think getting good at anything, and especially if you have, you know, if you create community around it, but by consistently doing anything to the point where you're quite good at it, 
it's life-changing. It can really be life-changing. And to go on that journey, sometimes you need to start that journey again and go on that journey from, from square one, you know, like yeah. you might have done yeah. it when you're a kid with, with, you know, golf or tennis or whatever, or, you know, you play a lot of rugby. But if you haven't done that for a very long time, like going on that journey again in itself, you know, can be massively transformational. And watching a, dart, a game of darts on, on TV, watching the best guys play, is going to do nothing for you. Like seeing them hit 180 after 180 is no big deal. And probably someone listening to this, hearing Dean hit a 180, it's not yeah. really necessarily a big deal. But if you yeah. actually do that yourself and you realize, well, that, that took a lot of practice and, you know, maybe going to buy the good darts and maybe getting some, you know, some lessons or watching tutorials on YouTube or whatever, then you hit the 180 and like you, you are someone else by the time you hit that 180, right? Like whether it's yeah. a 180, whether it's a minute handstand, whether it's a five, you know, five ball juggling or whatever it is, like I think as adults, it's, it's taken out of our culture to, to go on a journey ourselves, have that autonomy in, you know, in a journey of like, I'm committing to this thing and I'm going to keep working at it until I get it done. Like, I think that that's so massively underestimated in, in mental health and in, you know, physical health as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, continue on your, your, darts, your darts game that night when you... Uh, oh, yeah. Know. I mean, oh, so, yeah, we went along and me and my, me and my mate and um, we're about to leave and, and uh, three weeks prior to that, this is the crack up thing about this, the three weeks prior, so, so if my wife, um, she's a... Ex Silver Fern and um, so represented net, uh, New Zealand netball um, and New Zealand touch, um, and she presents the sports news um, on Fridays and Saturday nights at TVNZ. And so three weeks earlier, I just dropped my daughters at, at their mum's, and I, I've come back home and sit down Saturday night, um, watch the footy and stuff with dad, and we're having a couple of beers, and the, the sports news is on, and my mum turns around to me and she goes, "Son." That Jenny May coffin should be a good catch for you. I was like, <laughs> what fucking planet are you on? Honestly, my dad looked at her and we were like, how the hell am I going to meet someone like that, for God's sake? And, like, just left it. And we just walked, set out, went out on the deck and carried on drinking and just, you know, thinking, flip, mum. <laughs> she said, no, no, I've read it in the magazine. She's a, you know, strong woman. She's single. She's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, all good. Cool. Still not going to meet her. Um, and I just happened to be in town that night and she did too. And there was, uh, another, um, uh, colleague of mine had texted us and said, mate, I'm, I'm just, I'm coming in. We're about to leave. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to find a park. Um, I'll be there soon. And so we had to wait. I was like, oh, we better wait. So we waited and she took ages to get there and finally got, got in and we had a drink with her and, and then, um, then the door opened. And it's only a small, tiny little bar. And honestly, and it sounds real bloody cheesy, but <laughs> I hate cheese, but this is actually like the way it happened. And the door opened and there was this light and it was obviously the street lights, but it looked like, for me, it was just like this light. And my, my mate beside me, because he knew me pretty well, he travelled through my um, stuff with me and he, he said, bro, you said, that's your girl there? And I went, yeah, I know. And he goes, get onto the other side of the table so she doesn't think we're gay. And um, I was like, no. And anyway, they came and sat beside us, her and her mates. And I remember just kept, I, I was out of touch and all of that stuff, mate. I'd been in a, a long marriage. I hadn't really been out putting myself out there. And so I didn't know what to do. I was like flipping like a school kid. And I remember just kept looking over my shoulder just so I could have a look at her. And I kept, and there was nothing behind me that I was looking at. And they must have thought I was a weirdo. And um, so she just leans over with a glass of beer and says, cheers. And I looked at my glass and it was empty and I went, shit. And so I thought, oh, well, so I just cheesed it with an empty glass. And she said, best you go fill that up. And then that was it. And then uh, we talked until the sun came up. And um, nine days later, I proposed to her and the rest is history, as they say. Um, but mum thinks she's, she's all that now because uh, she sort of put it out in the universe three weeks earlier. <laughs> Yeah. So you know that that was a um that so that's been a journey. So we went on that journey. Um, and not long after that, um, so yeah, she because she's she was hard out into CrossFit and stuff. And uh, when I met her, and um, you know, we were we were big drinkers together. So I just was like sweet. So even though I'd started, you know, on the journey of trying to get better, then I was like, oh sweet, found someone that let, let's drink, and 
which then you know told me that I still hadn't fully dealt with my you know the reasons why I was drinking, um, and it just had just become a habit. Um, and so again, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, going, "I'm not happy with this." And I was when I realised I was struggling to do up my shoelaces and stuff, and and I was and it was hurting. What, was what were you weighing around this time? 147 kgs, I think. 47.8 kgs. Um, and so that that process was, yeah, it was not long after that. She said, I'm going to send you to see my old uh, ferns doctor. And um, so I went along and got a set of bloods and, you know, she did a whole overhaul on me. And, um, yeah, we got the results back and they weren't very good. So my liver was pretty much screwed, um, like like real bad. So my GGT and ALT, you know, they're supposed, one's supposed to be under 65 and the other's supposed to be under 45 yeah. or something like that. My uh, GGT was up like uh, in over 260-something. 200 my ALT was up in 170-something. Um, and... Yeah, my kidneys were, I was constantly getting kidney problems. Uh, my skin was really bad. Just everything was just bad, like a whole lot. And, um, and I, you know, like even though it was a wake-up call and I was, I was trying, I just didn't feel like I was connected in the community anymore. Um, I was in love, you know, didn't, you know, I didn't want to go and work out. I just wanted to be with her and, and, and develop our relationship and, and even though I was trying and I had some one-on-one time with her, um, her CrossFit um, mate, um, Darren, um, Darren Ellis, he's, he brought uh, CrossFit into New Zealand. Um, and he's a good follow, man. And he, he reminds me a lot of you, like in terms of really push, like he does CrossFit, but he's, he pushes all sorts of, you know, boundaries and stuff. And, and um, I really enjoyed my one-on-one time and, and just learning from him. Um, and then we met a friend of ours and she, she was a, uh, we were, uh, Jenny was speaking at a thing in Fiji and I just went over and I was just drinking by the pool and, um, she was a nutritionist in town and she, she said, mate, when we get back, that's us, we're going to start sorting this out. And, um, so I had some really good people investing in me and trying to get me better. Um, and I tried all sorts of shortcuts, lysogenics and bloody Opni fast over here, some shakes and stuff. But, you know, again, because the click hadn't happened inside me, um, I still wasn't connected to a community and I just, I still had those bad habits. And and so, so people would turn up to have a drink and then I'd be like, yeah, I can't stop at one. And then, boom, another box, another box, and, and away I'd go. And, um, How did, tell, tell us then, a little bit about the uh, doing the Opti fast or the shakes or whatever. Like, I've never really done one of those kind of attempts at like losing weight yeah. or lean or whatever. So like I, how, my, yeah. my cousin got me into, or one of my cousins got me into uh, isogenics and he's tried that, said try this and that. And so I, we got some and, and um, started doing this whole process and I, I lost weight. Yeah, I did. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I did lose weight, but I, yeah, for me, just, time or how, like, yeah. How, yeah, I still, I st- and I still like be on it, and then I'd still go through drive-through, yeah. or you know, I'd, I'd still go and do because I thought I'll just have another shake tomorrow, or I'll just do this the next day, or yeah. And again, and again, I think you know, yeah. And then Opni Fast is the same. That was just like yeah, three shakes a day, and I'm like, yeah, no food, cool, yeah, wicked. That's not going to last with me. <laughs> it's not, yeah, um, it's not many calories either. Like no. It's no, not, a, not it's at all. Just liquid stuff. It doesn't give you that much nutrition, but it's also like super calorie restricted. Like if you were 140, like big, big guy, you know, you would not have sustainable. No, nah, no, nah, it's like super hard to, what was the, how long did you, what was your best run with it? You reckon like did you, three or four days oh, or a week or. Oh, not be fast. I, I, I didn't, I didn't even think it lasted two days, man. I was like, screw yeah. this shit. You know, I might as well just drink water. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the other one was um, that, that went a little bit longer because I was I had I had accountability with my cousin, so we'd meet up and, and we'd do like measurements and stuff. But again, it was only probably for the, as long as the stuff was there. Although I I found a whole lot when I was cleaning out the gym, 
hit and, and I threw it all out. You know, it was just like, again, waste of, um, waste of money trying to take a shortcut. Um, again, because when I wanted to, to lose weight, but I didn't actually, um, all, it, it didn't all shift for me. And so for me, it was, it was started as I started reflecting on who I was, um, I started exploring some, um, traditional, uh, models of health in, in, um, in Māori Dim, there's a model called um, Te Whare Tapawha, and it's a it's a model of um, well-being basically, and it looks at um, the the mind, um, the body, um, the physicality. You know, the the whānau is is included in that. It's not like like you always hear you know body, mind, and spirit, or something like that, or, or, or various takes on that. But this adds in the whānau as well. And so, so it's the spiritual, the, the mental, and, and the physical, plus the whānau. Um, and so I started exploring those areas whanau's, and realised... Whānau's family, is it? Whanau, oh, sorry, yes. Whānau's the family, bro. So, so, I'd like that off you. <laughs> and, and so for me, that was, the, um, that was a, a kicker, really. And, and uh, unfortunately, we had some um, sad news um, in, in the family. And, and Jenny May's brother had bowel cancer. And um, we we journeyed with him for two years before he finally passed away. And it was, you know, um, anyone that's knows anyone that's had cancer, it's an ugly, it's an ugly um, way to die, really. Um, and it was really tough. And you know, I watched, I watched the bro. Um, we he loved he loved the Warriors. He was he was hoping and praying that they would win a grand final for him before he died. And, um, and, and they, and he didn't. And we, you know, we had taken him to many a game up here and, and, and Jenny May's dad. And, and it was actually, it was actually that moment for me. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Man, I was a bit emotional, but I remember, uh, I remember the day we buried him and, it, um, we, we, Buried him up at the Urupa, which is the um, Fano Cemetery, family cemetery, which is um, only Fano can be buried there, um, connected to the, to the family. And I remember um, we got back to the Marae and, and we had a kai and everything, everyone ate and stuff. And then everyone, as you do, and it's not, this isn't any reflection on just our whānau, but it, was, it's every, it's, it happens across the board in our, in our country and I'm sure across the world. But as soon as, it, soon as um, that had all happened, everyone just got on it and just back to life as, as normal. And, and I just was, I didn't go out to the pub with everyone. I, I stayed home because I had to put the boys to bed. And I remember lying there just reflecting on that going, holy crap, we've just lost our brother to cancer. And yet we're all wanting to drink and smoke and, and eat however we want um, without any given any real thought of it. And that was, for me, that was my wake-up call. And holy shit, if I carry on the way that I've been going and not actually thinking about these things seriously, I, I'm going to be the one that's going to be buried next. And I've been told that if I don't make changes to my life, my liver will give out on me and, you know, potentially die of cirrhosis of the liver. Um, and so, yeah, that was my moment where I started to going, right, this is it. I've got to, I've got to change. Um, I just started taking um, ketones. My other cousin had introduced me to that. Uh, for me, that was a, a game changer in terms of, for me, um, I enjoyed that. Um, I found it manageable. I could still eat. Um, gave me energy. It definitely worked for my wife. I didn't want to tell her when my cousin first told me about it because I was like, you know, anyone that knows my wife, she's not into anything gimmicky or anything like that. She just say, ah, screw that shit. Just good old, you know, keep it real, keep it raw. And and um, but she was tired. She, you know, with the, with the boys and stuff. And so for her, um. She thought, I need energy. I need to um, get rid of this brain fog, fog that I've got. And um, she tried it. And it was day seven. She was vacuuming at bloody 10.30 at night. Normally, she was in bed by 8, 8.30. Um, and so for us, that was a real shift. And I just said to her the other day, you know, that for me, 
what I think's really, I've been reflecting on my first 13 weeks with Real Movement. I think one of the big things for me that's been a shift, I've tried to do this at home on my own as well. Um, when we jumped onto this together and actually started doing this, even though I know that she's always been with me on the journey, um, I felt eating wise and, and things like that, um, we were doing it together, alcohol. Like we hardly, we hardly drink now. Even the other night, we were lying on the, lying on the couch and um, she said, oh, I keep thinking about alcohol. And then every time I go to think about it, I go, oh, no, nah, I don't really want to. And I was like, yeah. And um, I've been to two concerts this year, uh, one when we were in New Orleans earlier in the year and the other one was uh, yeah, just, just before we went there. Um, normally, mate, that concert's a whole day event. I preload all day, go to the concert, get absolutely smashed, come home dusty the next day but we we both were cracking up like we're a couple of old old people you know just sitting there drinking our bloody ketones and stuff and had a good time didn't didn't enjoy the concert any less but for me that was a massive win and a realization that I could actually do it I didn't need it it was just more of a social society thing rather than yeah for any good reason um not to say I'm not saying don't go and have fun and all that but you know look at why you do what you do as opposed to just doing it because, um, and I'd just done it because. Um, yeah. I think so the well. dependence and the, 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 the darkness inside that drives you to do it, you know, that's what needs to be dealt with. And if, yeah. if you're not doing it for those reasons and there's, it's not, you're not hiding from anything and it's not an addiction, then it is what it is. Like it's, it's yeah. not, it's not necessarily a, a big deal. Um, you know, some cultures don't do it. Obviously, alcohol is the, the drug that causes most damage in society. You know, there's a lot of, lot of broken homes. That's a lot true. of kids will tell the stories of, you know, that sort of, you know, having an alcoholic parent or something is probably one of the worst ways to, you know, to yeah. grow up. But if, if that's not you and if you have it under control and, you know, you like the odd bit, then that's, that's neither here nor there. But that's not where you started from, right? And that's, you know, no. that's not where I was at with alcohol. Like, I, I also had times of serious you know self-abuse through alcohol binge drinking to the point of vomiting yep. to the point of not remembering and and like routinely doing that as an escape from reality you know that that's a whole different discussion to do you like a fine wine do you drink you know three craft yep. beers on a sunday you know that's a that's a different conversation different like, conversation neither here nor there yeah. like yeah i love i love my whiskey i love to sit down and have a nice you know whiskey you know at night but i was i was taking whiskey to bed mate like I'd, I'd put myself to sleep with whiskey you know like it was just ridiculous and I remember Jeannie May she was like she saw me put it put one beside the bed one night and she just kind of looked at me like, you're right buddy and I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah what what's is this is this not normal like for me that was like oh it's a nightcap well normally you have that in the lounge or somewhere before you come to bed not in bed so I, I, that's how bad it got me. Like it just was actually ridiculous. But now I, I look at us and, and we, you know, and I know she won't mind me staying because, you know, all her mates know, but when I went first went to her house, her veggie bin was full of alcohol. That was, <laughs> there was no veggies there, mate. No, it was like her fridge was just full of alcohol. And that's, that's the way we lived for a long time. Um, and yeah, so it's been a real shift for us. Um, and three, week, three weeks after we lost um, the brother Jeff, um, her father um, died suddenly as well. So we had a huge amount of grief through that period, but it, it, it just drove me more um, to want to be better for my children, for my wife. You know, I've, I've got, I'm living the best life now. I, I look at my, we've bought a house out in the, in the country, or not right, not like you, but like it's out in a rural part of um, uh, New Zealand. Um, and five minutes to the beach, um, either way you go. Um, we've got a beautiful um, walk behind us up, up the Maunga, up the mountain. Um, my parents sold their place. They live upstairs. So the, the kids are growing up with their grandparents with them. It's just choice. And I've got so much to live for. Um, and for me, then when you hit me up, um, because we connected in, at the Gold Coast, I think. Jenny May was do, doing some uh, broadcasting at the Com Games, and I, I just bumped into you by chance. And I believe this is what, the way life happens. You know, for me, 
I've got to have a connection with someone before I'll journey with them. Um, but I remember the conversation, it was, it was only brief. We only had about five minute conversation at Joe's house. And I just remember a connection and, and I thought, man, I'll, I'd like to get to know this guy better. Um, and we had a connection obviously with the Warriors, not that, you know, not that you've done much to help them, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we My had dad's doing his best there, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, mate, I know. Um, but we need, you know, and so, yeah, that was the starting point. And then when you hit me up at the end of last year um, to see if I wanted to jump on this real movement, I kind of, I was hit with a bit of anxiety, uh, you know, in terms of going, shit, why me? Um, I don't fit to, you know, this, you know, this community. These guys are all, like, good to go. And, and um, I'm, I'm miles from that. Um, but I knew I'd been listening to a lot of stuff. I'd, I'd you know, I'd already started to, to do some of the things that, that you guys talk about. I'd listened to some of your podcasts in terms of your journey through Indigenous communities and, and some of your learnings through that. And, and it sort of all just aligned for me. Um, I didn't know how the online thing go, would go for me because I'm not, not a massive fan of the online um, world. Um, I know it's the way that the world's going, but it's just... No, it's definitely challenging to do anything of meaning yeah. online and yeah. barriers with it for sure. And so, um, and then that, that's when Real Movement really kicked in for me. So I came into Real Movement, I think, at 124 odd kgs, 124, yeah, I think it was. So what there. do you think you've done? Because you were at 140, like what, what had happened there? Obviously, you mentioned the ketones. What, what yep. else was changed? Like, um, was drinking less still- or... Yeah, I, yeah, a little bit less. I was trying. I was being more conscious with food. Um, uh, Moving towards keto type diet as well. Or? Yeah, our free, yeah, yeah, pretty. It was pretty close to that. I wouldn't say that I was ever doing keto diet. Um, my friend, she was following me. Oh, she was getting me my bloods done regularly, uh, making sure I was eating, um, you know, good cuts of meat and and and. Um, and heaps of salmon and fish and you know tuna and the fattier type you know and, and just doing a lot of that um not not heaps of um or you know i don't i'd cut out carbs i just got rid of carbs really um and so yeah those were the that was sort of the journey and, and started to do some working out at home um we'd set up a, a little tiny space um half of it was an office half of it was a a gym at home and we're just doing our own bit really um walking the monga behind us with the boys on my back um, how often were you doing some training there or going up the going up the mountain the monga uh probably uh, three three to four times a week um there was a period where i was really like smashing it um yep. and then um and that, this is just prior for me going back into the workforce because I was a stay home dad for the first 18 months of the boys, the twins. So I didn't, I wasn't working. Um, I was just at home. And so me getting back into work and getting back into all of that was just really fulfilling as well. How was um, that? That's, uh, I just, I just had two days. Yeah. I just had two days with the kids on my own for the first time. Yeah. Cause Katie breastfed for a long time with both of them, which yeah. sort of keeps her attached really closely. It was the first time I've had the two of them by myself for 48 hours. Um, it was, that was an experience for me. Like, how, <laughs> yeah. how was being a stay-at-home dad for 18 months? Yeah, it was trying, mate. I had, had my moments. Um, I guess the cool thing with twins is they kind of have a mate, you know. Um, so as they grew, they were always sort of hanging together. And was, the challenges was going out, but I, I just would do it. I'd embrace it, chuck them in the trolleys, and away we'd go. And... You know, people would stop. Oh my God! Blah, blah. Said, yeah, yeah, cool. Get, get out of the way. I don't have time. I got. They're going to lose their shit shortly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to get in, get my stuff, and get out. So, um, yeah, it was good. I, I loved it. And and I, when I was pastoring, when I had my daughters, um, I had flexibility around that. So I was always, I've always been, and I always been present to my children. I always believed in men stepping up. Um, a lot of our men, um. Yeah, just a lot of kids grow up with absent fathers um, for for various reasons, and a lot of men have never sort of taken their responsibility. You know, they just yeah, it's all good to lie down and have kids, but um, it's not raise them. Um, and 
And so that was always a challenge to me. And I said that to Jenny May, one of us needs to be around for kids growing up, those crucial years. Um, and so, and, and I think about, um, you know, even in our indigenous culture here, and, and um, Māori, men, men played a huge part of raising our children. Um, and the, the, the leaders, because the, we, you know, it was done in community again. So you didn't do it on your own in isolation. And that's part of the reason why mum and dad live with us because they spent most of their time with us as well. They'd be over every night for dinner just to help us out because it's so busy with twins. And so we were like, why don't we just bloody move in together? Um, and that's what we've done. So, yeah, it was a challenge, mate, but it was cool to get back into work, absolutely. Um, I, I love doing what I do. Um, I lo- it gave me you know, a real sense of purpose. Again, I'd started to get not resentful about being home all the day, but I, I needed to, I needed to have adult conversation. You know, I needed to have a connecting point again. Community is such a big, big part of my journey. I need people. Um, I don't, I don't like to do, I like alone time, but not um, just to do a bit of reflection, but um, I'm, <laughs> I'm a people person, man. So I need to have that. So I was starting to get a little bit delirious. Um, so opportunities opened for me, um, which was, yeah, huge, hugely empowering. Um, so it's yeah, that was cool to get back into that um, as well. Um, but but we started having a we had a philosophy together. We just said, hey, let's let's not have work dictate our lives. Let's work, you know, to live rather than. Um, and so we wanted to create an environment that that we dictated how we were going to, how we were going to roll, not have a job dictate to you how you're going to roll. So we've, we're trying our best to do that um, and have flexibility so that we have the best of both worlds, really. Um, that's the goal anyway. That's probably a good segue into your new business there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that came out of, um, you know, again, being connected to the community, we, we jumped at the opportunity to, or I jumped at the opportunity to come up to uh, to the Gold Coast. Um, it tied in really well, being um, my sister's birthday that weekend too. So we just, um, again, didn't know what to expect. You know, still still the big bopper of the of the crew, and and I I walked in, but I but I knew that. Um, what I'd heard and, and the, the encouragement that you got along the way, I, I knew it would, I'd be all good. And um, uh, techniques and all those things that, you know, lifting, you know, because I'm a big guy, I think, oh, yeah, I've got to put some big weight on. And um, and I'd, then I'd get injured. Then I wouldn't train for, for weeks. And so I come up to, to you and um, then you bring the juggling balls out and I was afraid of that. And I was like, what the hell? going to look like a Muppet for the first part of the day. And um, but connecting to the community and, and just what I learned through that time was was huge, um, and oh, there was so much that I took away from that. But I think for me, when you talk about the business, um, it was it was when Blake um, shared with us on the afternoon uh, in the afternoon, and he um, was talking about his little space, and he talked about that fellow that did a handstand and touched his feet on the. <laughs> on the roof and I went, Oh shit, that was a small space. And, um, and he said, Oh, those are the original mats over in the corner there. And we'll always keep those to remember that. And I was like, Oh shit, that can't have been a big space at all. You know? And then I thought, actually we've got quite a big space at home. And so I came away feeling pumped and, and just really encouraged by everyone and everyone's stories and different people had their gyms and just, Again, conversation and community. Like again, that was the thing. And I come back and I was talking to my wife about it, and I said to her, "Babe, I, you know," I was, and because this thought had been going around in my head anyway um, about creating a, um, or what what you'd call a, um, uh, I don't know what I'd call it, but like for Marty, we talk about um, Modi, and, and Modi is like life force. Like uh, everything has a life force. Um, that there's a belief that everything has a life force. And, and so I wanted to have a, like a Modi center where we, we help people in all those different areas that I talked about earlier in that model. And so um, not just the physical, cause I, you know, again, this is my reflection was 
I've always known I've had an issue with my alcohol, but until, and I think, oh, everyone comes to the gym and go, oh, I need to, I need to lose weight. So, yep, we set you up a program, and you, yeah, you're going to lose weight, but then you'll jump to another gym because you'll go off on another bender because you're still not dealt with the reason why you got big in the first place. And that was my story. And I believe that's a lot of people's stories and that's why they jump around so much from different groups to groups and um, because they're not addressing with the, the core of why they are where they are. And that was me. And so I said, hey, we've got the space, babe. Why don't we um, turn it into something? You know, and she's like, oh, yeah. And I said, you know, you know and I, I wasn't thinking. This is like Monday. I got back on this Monday, <laughs> told her Monday night. Um, I went into the prison on the Tuesday um, and I came home and when I got out to the car park to get my phone, I looked in the phone and there's a post. If you want to j jump into the community hub, <laughs> um, you know, we're going to run these sessions Tuesdays and Thursdays and I'm like, holy shit, babe, wait, whoa, whoa, we can't start, you know, like, and she's the doer. She's just like, mate, just start. Don't, don't dick around. Let's get into it. And I'm like, you got the idea, let's do it. And I'm like trying to get everything right before we get it started. And um, and the I don't know, there would have been probably 50 or 60 people from our community, um, wider, wider community, um, and um, jumping in saying, oh, I'm keen, I'm keen. And we're like, holy shit. And so we just do uh, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, and Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon sessions at the moment. Um, we've got, Oh, there's probably been 20 or 30 different people come through. Um, and, and at the moment we're just because we've been, uh, we're doing it, doing it by Koha at the moment, which is gift. So you just give what you can. You might want to give food. You might want to give money at the moment. Um, and so what that money just goes straight back into buying more equipment, um, for the gym. So, um, and upgrading stuff. So we're, slowly building up the space um, until we can get to a point and, and get the get the interest flowing in the community um, so that we can get it a bit more um, organized and serious. But it started, and, and that's the crazy-ass thing, you know. It's the Clarkson Community Hub now, and we're running to the old classes on Thursday nights. Um, there's about 25, 26 people coming to that, um, all within that space since I come back from... Um, from the uh, intensive at Gold Coast. And so, yeah, it's just we've opened the space of the community and, and away we go. We're running with it. It's really cool. And I've already got plans to extend the, the space now already, you know, just going, we're going to, when we, where I want to go with it, where I want to take it to, we've got a bit of extra land behind us that we can add on to this space. Um, so, yeah, no, it's pretty inspiring with um, watching everyone else's journeys. So, Keeps you focused on it. Um, still feel out of my depth, but um, my philosophy for life's always been real, raw, and relational. So um, it looks a bit raw at the moment, um, but it's real. It, it is who we are. They see that I'm on the journey as well. Um, we had a, a lady from the community come, and she saw the workout. She freaked out, and we thought she wouldn't be back, but she's been back. You know, people have. Um, yeah, it's been really cool. So yeah, really encouraged. And yeah, you, if you want to have something massive or if you want to, you know, do something that changes the world, like you have to start, you know, you can't know where it's going to be in two years time. But if you wait until you're fully ready, until you've got, you know, the building, the space wet the way you want it, your body the way you want it, your knowledge where you want it to be, that could be two, three, five, ten years down the track. Yep. And, and, but you've already impacted these people's lives by working from where you're at and yep. you know you, you you do happen to have you know your wife is a dual international and you know yeah. you've, done a, you've yeah. done a bunch of training and stuff yourself like it's not like you haven't done any work so you know you're gonna you're gonna progress so much faster with your knowledge every time you, you're watching something or you're completing your own training you put an extra level of detail into it because you know that it applies professionally and it's going to apply to those people you know yeah. that you go and spend time with so like that's that's how you get where you want to be faster is you know start get on the journey and um, yeah i know you've got another course coming up uh next weekend right is, yeah the, yeah so yeah. 
So it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we might have missed that one, but yeah, we we're definitely um okay. we're on the next one. So um, but yeah, for us, it's it's just trying to find the you know getting all those um, ducks in a row and just keep keep working towards the the bigger goal, the bigger picture, and um you know seeing the kids, you know, like your post when you've seen your kids, they come out and they run around. The boys come out, they pick up the kettlebell, start swinging it around, and they jump on the rower and then, they, you know, they do all sorts of stuff. But, you know, it's that contagious thing, hey, that happens. You see kids doing stuff. They come in and they see you in there and, and away they go. They want to be a part of it. So um, I want my kids, you know, when I think of my own journey, um, I don't want them to get to where I was at. I don't want them, yeah, they're going to have struggles in life. That's going to happen. But I want to try and equip them in all areas the best way that I can. Um, I'm not, I'm not by me drinking and dying early because I've had a heart failure or bloody cirrhosis of the liver. What am I teaching them to be a big fat alcoholic? You know, that's, that's where I was headed. That's exactly where I was headed. I attended some AA meetings and done all that stuff. And you know, those, those, yeah, I had to face that reality and I don't want my kids to, um, to have to go through that. They may, they may not. I can't control that, but I can. I can provide something different um, for my girls. They know what I was like before. Um, my little one, when she gives me a hug now, she says, "Dad, I can get my hands right round you now." <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she's like, "Oh, you don't look like Santa anymore." And I'm like, "Oh, cool. That's good, Bob. You know, it's a win. You know, hey, two massive compliments. Hey. I can get my hands around you, and you don't look like Santa anymore." Hey, hey, that's that's how we that's how we do it, man. Keep it real and raw, right? Eh? You know, um, you know, that's our measuring. It's our markers and, and our uh, and our hub, bro. <laughs> Beautiful, man. I, I love it. It's such a powerful story and, you know, you've shared so much, so much good stuff there. It, it would be cool to go more into, you know, that Māori uh, vision of wellness and, you know, sure. you sort of touched on some stuff there and I know that that culture is, is a massive part of sort of who you are and, and what you're doing at the moment and I think that identity and, you know, finding pride in representing, you know, your ancestors and such as well is, is attaching to something bigger is often a you know a part of that transcendence whether it's religion or whether it is you know whatever it is i think that feeling of like my life matters and it fits into a bigger context like that's that's a cool thing to have and kids kids give you that as well and stacking as many of those things together as possible like that's it helps to you know eventually you you start winning and that's what you you know you've been taking on step by step going through challenges and i think i need to change where i live and that becomes i think i need to change you know, how I'm, who I'm living with and when, how I'm living. And then, you know, gradually, you know, you've, you've become someone that you're much more proud of and people think like drinking and eating crap food is fun. But I think it's, you know, it's a very short term view of things like when you can actually be proud of yourself and you know, the example you're setting for your kids is one that, you know, you can live with and that you're proud of like that. That's a whole other level. And it's, it's that philosophy of, you know, doing things for a great long term versus, you know, sh- short term, feel feel good in the short term, feel good for the next five hours, but feel shit for the next five days because you're not yeah. proud of what you did. You know, like that's that's the decision. I think there's a lot of people that are wrestling with those philosophies. Like everything's fun, fun, fun. It's it's you know all the advertising on the footies, McDonald's or alcohol. Oh. Like you know that's <laughs> that's the that's what we've been told is like that's the fun way. That's the way that we should be going and just do that for the short term and it tastes good, but do you really want to be in that 140 kilo body? Like, or is it better to be, you know, what do you, what do you, what's your weight today? Uh, today is 116.2. Um, yeah, my target was 114. So I just missed it. But, um, but I was, I was good with that. Like I was comfortable with that. I, I was doing the tape measure. I'm, I'm a shocker. Like I jump on the scales every morning <laughs> and I'm like, and then everyone says, throw the scales away. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's just the way that I am. That's who I am. And I measure it, put the tape around, do the old score. I don't have any fancy fat monitor or anything yet at the moment. But, you know, that's the way that I do it. And and um, and I'm really starting to learn my body, A. Eh? So, uh, you know, there was a period where it was I was sitting around 124. I couldn't break it. It was there for I was ages and it kept fluctuating. I'd get down and it would go back up, down, go back up. And then... Then it was the 120, and I got down to that, and I'm and I was going just under, and I'd be back over it, and I'm like far out. And now it's the 116, 
it's sitting around that. It's like every comes down in fours and it sort of fluctuates there for a, for a, a little while. And then, um, you know, and I, I'm, that's why I'm this time my next, my next, uh, my next block with um, real movement. That, that's where I really want to start learning more about my body, um, understanding it and, and measuring it in a different way and, and um, seeing what, you know, really understanding it, becoming one with it. Um, and yeah, I've, yeah, experimenting with the carnival thing for me is, is interesting at the moment. What I've actually, in the short term, without introducing another big topic, but um, the one thing that I have noticed since I've been doing that um, and just doing carnival with a bit of eggs and um, and uh, sometimes cheese um, if I feel like it's something, a treat. But I um, I don't have the cravings anymore. I'm not craving shit. Like... Not even, yeah, just and nothing. I'm not craving alcohol. I don't crave sugar. I'm not craving, yeah, it's like wicked. And normally we'd have, um, our tradition was Friday night, but a chicken night, you know, we'd just get it from, on, on my way home from prison, I'd pick up the butter chicken for me and Jenny May, and that was our sort of thing. I wouldn't have the rice. I'd just have the butter chicken. And, um, yeah, I got it all the other night, and I had my um, my steaks there, and I just didn't didn't even try and just have a sneaky one before she got home from work. I was just like, didn't even feel like it. It was like choice. So like, that's the thing I'm blown away the most um, about. So, yeah, be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to the next block, um, the next next journey, the next lot of wins, the next lot of challenges. Um, yeah, because I'm sure there'll be some along that way. Uh, along the way, but um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I think every every time you go up a level, every time you you you, you take you know another step forward into who you want to become, there's another challenge there. You know, it doesn't doesn't get easier. There's always going to be a challenge, but that's like that's the joy as well because it's who you become on that next step. That that's the yeah. reward. Like if there was no challenge within it, then it probably wouldn't really feel rewarding. You know, uh, in saying that doing your nutrition smarter in a way that nourishes your body. It doesn't have to be as hard as people make it, you know, when you're just trying to count calories and count steps and you're eating crap that just gives you cravings, then it's, yeah. a, it's a lot harder to lose weight, you know, than when your body's nourished and you're getting a heap of protein, you're getting enough fat and you find that you just don't, don't have that same drive for, for sugar and alcohol. I think a lot of alcohol addiction, it goes together with sugar addiction, you know, and they, they yeah. really pull on each other, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's cool that you're experiencing that, and hopefully there's some people who listen to this who can, can empathise and relate to, to your journey, you know, talking about being raw and relational. Um, yeah. That's, you know, I, I think that this is, yeah, it's a real conversation. It's a real, it's a real case study, and... I think we can all draw draw some lessons from it, you know, like make look for a different path, make a diff, you make a change and you tried a bunch of stuff that, you know, you, you can't say were massive successes, but the fact that you tried it leads you to another thing and it leads you to another thing and you have more knowledge along the way and, you know, different experiences and um yeah, I'm excited for how the next, you know, next season and, and how your your gym's gonna evolve and you know yeah. what that means for your for your family for your kids and um, yeah i'm really looking forward to coming over and doing some training with you over there in the in the yeah, well, I, I know i mentioned it a few times my, my dad's on that yeah. on that uh that same landmass so yeah there's another reason to to get over there i'm definitely planning to get over there pretty soon and uh yeah i'm looking forward to, to doing some training with you in that space that you're in right now yeah it'd be great mate we'd love to have you and um any of the real movement crew um are more than welcome to come and if they're visiting and you know there's plenty of uh beautiful outdoor spaces probably not so much swimming and unless i've done wim hof <laughs> it's a bit cold over here for our swimming it's not like aussie but uh but i'm still gonna rock it we're still gonna rock it um get into that water when it's cold in winter and just do the things that uh yeah are more natural um keep us away from screens and shit like that so do some hard um, stuff and life gets easy, right? Like if you, if you yeah. do, make the harder decisions each day, if you make the strong decision each day, 
yeah. life becomes easier. You know, you get your finances under control. You get, you know, you have more value. So people want to pay more. You better actually drop because the one thing that we haven't mentioned is that uh, where you work, because you've said a few times about coming in out of prison and I don't think people might get the wrong oh, idea. Sure. They might think you're on probation. <laughs> yeah, mate. No, so um, I, I, I contract um, to an uh, organization called The Parenting Place over here. So um, I've co-written a, a parenting program for men. Um, and men who are from a violent background um, who have lost their kids or, or in the process of trying to get their kids back. And um, so I do that and I go around the country and I train um, people to facilitate that. I also um, uh, run that in the prison um, out here, out South Auckland. So um, I'm in there on Mondays and Fridays and we run um, morning sessions and afternoon sessions with the men. Um, hugely humbling. Um, to to sit in their space. Um, they've been following my journey. Um, they notice when I've uh, lost a bit of weight, and and because that their whole life is just train, eat, train, and and sleep. Um, that's all they can do. So they're, they're big on training. But again, um, like I learned at uh, <laughs> Real Movement, they not not oh yeah, I can do a hundred push-ups. So they play cards, and if you lose, you have to do uh, 200. The, the, the loser has to do 200 push-ups, um, and you can do double or nothing. So one of the guys turned up to class the other day, and he said, bro, he said, I had to do 400 push-ups before I got here. I was like, oh, good on you, mate. <laughs> um, and so, and, and it, you know, and I just, and I look at them, and, and it keeps you humble. It keeps you grounded, um, and, and that's why I love what I do because um, these men, these are, these are humans. They're one, I'm one decision away from being there as well. You know, we all are. And that's, that's, my, that's how I keep it real. And I just go, mate, I could be there too. Um, you're no different than me. You've, taken some, you've had some choices to make. We all make choices every day. I've made choices in my life and I'm lucky they turned out the way that they did because they could have gone that way. Um, and so I do that and I also work in a... Um, for an organization, a, a local marae in Māngere, um, doing um, what they call iwi community panels. So again, it's a, an alternative to court. So uh, people get arrested, they'll come through the system. Uh, rather than go through the normal system, they come to the marae and we interview them, we sit with them, we talk and we um, have an open discussion about their offence. And we look at a more of a restorative approach of how to, how to right their wrong. So it's just cool, man, doing this stuff. It's, it's, it lights me up. There's not, not one day I go to work um, that I don't want to be there. Um, I've never not, you know, I've had jobs before. I've gone, oh, God, I can't be asked today. Think of why I don't have to go. But not once has that ever happened to me um, in, in what I'm doing now. So, And there's flexibility within that to, to do what we're doing here as well. So, um this will obviously, I think, take precedent over time, but then we'll start running some of those classes in here as well. So it's another another part we can add to the to the mix as well, because it's not just going to be a, a gym just for physical stuff. It's going to be the mental, the spiritual as well. So, yeah, I look forward to the to what it'll look like, um, you know, in a year's time. Um, yeah, Mitch Mitch Lingard's actually just started some work with. Uh, like youth who've been in, in in trouble as well, and he was just here on the four day intensive. He's just run a one month intensive program for sort of troubled youth, and yeah, some of these stories and stuff that he had out of that. Some of them are already you know in employment, and he he got them out in suits and went to restaurants and you know yeah. put them up on the table, taught, saying what they who they're going to become and all sorts of different things, you know, to to give them an experience of. Know, who they could be rather than who who they've been told they're going to be or who you know who they think they can only be or whatever so yeah it's it's pretty cool to to hear about the work that you know that you guys are doing and um yeah i love that i'm a a small part or a you know accompanying you guys on that journey and i think that there there's definitely more you know more that can be done as well and um, yeah, I'm excited for all the connections, you know, that, that we're making and, and what we can, what we can achieve together. And I think, if, you know, it'd be a really good idea for you guys to have a bit of a, bit of a conversation in the near future, like with that. Um, he's definitely got some, some strong connections in that, that sort of world as well and rehabilitation and that sort of thing. So, yeah. uh, all that stuff is, is really, really positive. And yeah, I feel as though like 
the further you go on your own journey, the, the, the more impactful, you know, you're going to be in that environment. And, you know, when you have more power because you're doing the little things in your own life, you know, you, you can transfer those things and it just adds to, to your skill set and the presence and, you know, who you turn up as each day as well. So, um, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you sharing that. There's, there's so much more that we could talk about, you know, with the work that you're doing in the justice system there, as well as, you know, all the, uh, you know, your cultural background and, and uh, your training journey and such, but we don't want to, I don't want to go too long today. So I really, no, uh, really appreciate you jumping on. I know that you boys are going to be awake soon and uh, oh, they're, they're, they're awake. They just, they just don't know where I am. That's a good thing. <laughs> hiding, yeah. hiding, in, hiding in the gym. Yeah. I, know, Jim, mate. I, had a, I had an hour or so in the gym this morning with the kids and they're riding their bikes and climbing the rope. And my actually got herself, round for the first time into sort of skin the cat like German hang like legs all the way through the rings and feet back to the floor. So she was really excited about that and came in and told mom and it's it's a nice thing to have a a gym set up at home. So maybe that's one of the take homes that someone listening to this will, 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 you know, come up with that they could transform a little bit more of their space at home to a place where the the family can play and experience things physically as well. You know, like you've done. Yeah. And it does. um, Oh, sorry. I got all, War planes going above, above us. We're out by a little little airport down the road as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, it doesn't have to have much in it either. You know, to do that. You know, I think the, the rings that we bought, um, we got it on our trade me, which is like eBay. Um, I think twenty five bucks or twenty two dollars you can get them for. You know, it didn't didn't take yeah. much. And you know, yeah. we, we just there's plenty of spaces out there to get stuff and yeah. get a few bits of equipment and away you go. Um, but definitely connect with the community so you don't feel like you're in isolation. Eh? Like that's the key. 100%. Uh, I appreciate appreciate your time, Dean. And uh, yeah, look forward to speaking to you soon and following the journey. And season two begins tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks, Chief. I'll um, yeah make sure I get all my bits and pieces sorted and uh, sent through. <laughs> Good, man. All right. Go up. Uh, Kakite. <laughs>